Welcome back to the League Pod, and today we'll be talking about the teams with the brightest futures in the NBA. Now, I do have to say first before we get started that this is going to be the last episode not related to what's really going around in the NBA besides the NBA trade deadline episode. And then from there, we're mostly going to be doing, or pretty much 100%, uh, basically doing what's going on around the NBA and stuff like that. A lot more fun stuff. This is kind of fun, but it doesn't really have to do what's going on in the NBA right now or who's good or whatever. But we're going to get into this episode because this is going to be really good. <laughs> this is going to be really good because the teams I've listed here, I've got six teams that uh, I think have the brightest futures in the NBA. Now, what I'm going to say is that these teams are not going to be like, say, the Hawks or the Celtics. They're not going to be teams with already proven super superstars. They're going to be teams with stars and have a lot of potential, not teams that have some potential and could probably win now, have an outside shot at the chip. Now, this is also going to be a two-episode week for the podcast. So we're going to be doing two episodes, one on Friday and one today, which is Wednesday. So it's going to be good. So I'm just going to get right into it. The first team we have, and I really like this team, honestly. They've been interesting this year not great but i think they have some of the highest potential in the league the first team i'm gonna say is the orlando magic now the orlando magic ah man second worst team in the nba 14th seed in the east 13 to 46 but they have a lot of guys who are on the come up who have a lot of potential they have a lot of they they can build around the team with veterans eventually. I mean, when I look at this team, I think of the Suns only maybe four or th- three or four years ago, the early Suns before all this Chris Paul stuff and Devin Booker started like becoming really good and DeAndre Ayton developed or Mikal Bridges was on the team or all of that stuff. Now, I'm not saying the Orlando Magic have a guy like Devin Booker. I'm just saying that they have a crazy amount of potential. And one of those guys is France Wagner. Uh, he's going to be the first guy I talk about. He plays small forward shooting guard, but interestingly, he's six foot ten. Yeah, a lot of people don't know he's six foot ten. That's actually the same height as Jarrett Allen. And, and man's a board getter, but we're not going to talk about Jarrett Allen right now. But essentially, France Wagner this season has averaged 15.6 PPG on 46.5% from the field. So that's a really good rookie year. And he's been in the rookie contention to win the Rookie of the Year award all season. Now, he's been like third or fourth place all season. He's never going to jump ahead of uh, Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley or even Cade Cunningham at this point. But... He is one of the best rookies in this class, and he has a ton, a ton of potential for the future. I mean, he's only 20 years old, and he doesn't even turn 21 until this upcoming August of 2022. 
that is insane how young he is. And the Magic got him at the eighth pick. That's crazy. That's a steal. That's a steal so far. But we're not going to talk about him all day as we are moving on to Wendell Carter Jr. Yes, Wendell Carter Jr. Why am I bringing him up? Well, he's been going very under the radar this year. I'm not going to lie. Same height as uh, France Wagner. He's 6'10". So he's like Jarrett Allen's size. 22 years old with a a 7.5-foot wingspan. And he plays power forward slash center, mostly center. But I just want to say this, how he's going under the radar. This man has been in the league for about three... Three years. This is his third year. He's been on like a couple. He's been on the Bulls, and now he's on the Magic. He's 22 years old. Let me just say that he turns 23 in April. But last game he played at the Nuggets on February 14th. He had 25 points on 12 of 22 shooting with 12 boards. And some nice defense, which is amazing. But that's not all we're going to talk about. He's averaging 14.1 PPG on 50.7% shooting. And he's also getting 10 boards a game. I mean, talk about underrated. No one, absolutely no one, or mostly anyone, talks about this guy. I mean, outside of Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, or eh, a little bit of Nikola Vucevic, no one talks about centers in the NBA. No one talks about a lot of centers. Maybe a little bit of Rudy Gobert. Even he's pretty underrated. No one really cares about centers. They all care about guys, oh, that can shoot or whatever, modern era basketball. And it's just, this is why guys like this go under the radar. But we're going to move on to a guy who's probably the core of this team right now. So, it's actually their point guard, who's Cole Anthony. He's been bowling this season. He's had a breakout year. I mean, it's been crazy. He's 21 years old, 6'3". Now, I would say his efficiency is a little questionable, but considering that he still takes the shots, it's all right. So, he's averaging 17.6 PPG on 39.4% from the field. Now, that's not great from the field, but the amount of points he's putting up, that means he likes to get buckets. And eventually, if he has a lot of love for the game, he may he'll his worth ethic will bring him up to a lot better field goal efficiency, and that those points could skyrocket. Now, last year he averaged 12.9 PPG on 39.7% from the field, so this is a big jump, and he's kind of jumped in most of his categories, which is great for him especially because he got, he's gotten five more minutes this year, six more minutes. So he's definitely going to be – he's definitely one of the younger players in the NBA. That could be really good. He's also in the dunk contest. So he's going to be really interesting to watch in the future. Not sure if he's going to become a full-fledged star, but he will be very good. Now – Next player has been also very questionable this season. Uh, Jalen Suggs, the fourth pick, or the fifth pick in the NBA draft. They had the fifth and the eighth picks. He's 20 years old, and he's six foot five. He plays point guard and shooting guard, 
and he's averaged 12.4 PPG on 36.9% from the field in 38 games. Now, granted, he was out for a while because of an injury. I forget exactly what that was, but the field goal efficiency has definitely got to get up, and if he keeps playing like this, I mean, he still has a crazy, a crazy amount of potential, but if he keeps playing like this, just bricking shots out there, I don't really think he's ever going to be good, and I just don't think he likes to play basketball as much as some of the other guys in the NBA do. So I definitely think that he may be on the come up, but probably not, at least for another few years. I don't really think he's going to be a a really great player in his career, but I do think that he will develop into maybe something he could. Who knows? He may be like a big bust, but... He was the fifth pick, so we'll see. Now, we're going to move on from the Orlando Magic to another team that has had a lot of questions this season. And honestly, it they are a very questionable team. They have some drama that has gone on and it's kind of died down. So I really want to get into this, and I really want to see – what they're doing here. So essentially, this is the New Orleans Pelicans. And the New Orleans Pelicans, they they were uh they're the eleventh seed, so twenty-three and thirty-five, and barely out of the plan by maybe a game or two. They were originally in the plan. But they are five and five in their last ten, which is a lot better than anyone in the plan tournament besides the Timberwolves. So here's the thing about the Pelicans. Can they be a good team? I think they definitely could be. But that all relies on one thing, and that is on if Zion Williamson can come back. We already know. I don't think he's going to come back for the season. I really don't. But if he does, he's an absolute force, and I think everyone forgets it. Everyone. He's 21 years old. He's still only 21, not turning 22 until this upcoming July. And he's six foot six. Last time we saw Zion, he was averaging 27 PPG on 61.1% from the field, grabbing seven boards a game. Just saying that is just wow. I mean, that is just crazy. We all forget how good Zion Williamson was. We all forget that he even plays in the NBA or that he's even a person on this planet. It's. I really want to see if he comes back. There's still no news, but if he does come back, then I definitely do think the Pelicans are going to be a contender for maybe the conference finals, kind of like the Celtics were maybe a couple years ago. So that would be great if the Pelicans could kind of do that. But the next player we're going to get into is going to be C.J. McCollum. And... Essentially, what I'm gonna be able, to, I'm gonna be getting into is kind of the trade that went on with the Pelicans and the Trailblazers, and who got who. We already did a bit uh, episode on this on the pod, but I want to talk about what they gave up to get this man right now. So essentially, they traded Josh Hart and Thomas Sadaransky 
Mikhail Alexander-Walker and Didi Luzada and and a couple of picks, which don't really matter if you're just trying to uh, surround Zion Williamson with talent like his family was complaining about last year. Now, CJ, I definitely think the Pelicans won this trade because Josh Hart was great this season, but compared to – and Nikhil Alexander-Walker has a ton of potential, but compared to a guy like CJ McCollum who's a baller, I, I really don't think that – they lost the trade. I really do think they won it, and especially because they were able to also get Larry Nash Jr., which I don't even know how they did that, but they somehow also get got Larry Nash Jr. He can come off the bench and be really good or start maybe. Not sure. But we're going to get into C.J. McCollum, who is 30 years old. So he's a, a point guard, so a shooting guard, and he's six foot three. And his age is a little bit uh, questionable for their timeline, I may have to uh, say. But he is a near 40% three-point shooter, which is just crazy. Now, he's averaged 20.5 PPG for the Pelicans. I mean, for the Pelicans and Trailblazers this season on 43.6% from the field. And he's played four games for the Pelicans, averaging 26 PPG on 50.6% from the field. Now, that's pretty good for his Pelicans debut. But him doing this and being a 40%, near 40% three-point shooter isn't going to matter if Zion Williamson doesn't come back. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you right now, I don't care if he shoots 100% from the three-point line which isn't even possible but it's not gonna even actually you know what forget that i said i don't care if he even shoots 45 percent from the three-point line that would be insane but it's not gonna matter if zion williamson does not return nothing's really gonna matter for this team it's just gonna be hopefully them maybe i don't know it all matters that zion williamson at this point they traded their picks so it all matters around Zion Williamson, but we're going to move on to uh, Brandon Ingram. And essentially, Brandon Ingram's 24. He turned 24 last December, I mean September, and he's six foot eight, plays power forward, small forward, as we all know. And he's a very underrated player in this league. He played for the Lakers his first three years. He was doing pretty good in his last two years there. And... They late the Pelicans traded for him, and you we all know a massive trade at the time for Anthony Davis. I mean, traded Anthony Davis to the Lakers, but he has been a baller for them since, as he now pretty much owns the team now that Zion Williamson is there, and even before that. So he's averaging twenty two point three PPG on forty five point two percent from the field. And he's averaged about around there 23 or 24, 22 PPG per year since he got to the Pelicans in 2019. So he's been great for them, and he's only 24. So he's really young. He's on their timeline, unlike CJ McCollum, maybe. But I do think that also it doesn't really matter if Zion Williamson doesn't come back. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I said this before. Nothing matters for the Pelicans if Zion Williamson comes back. It doesn't matter. So 
we're going to get on to the next team that is like on the come up who's going to be has a really bright future. Maybe not as bright as some of the teams we've talked about right before this, but they definitely do have a very bright future and that is the Houston Rockets. Now, the Houston Rockets, oh, they got a lot of young they've got some young guys that could be very good. Some young guys who are questionable. Some young guys, will they be good in the NBA? We'll see. But we're going to get started on with the record. And their record in the West is dead last. 15-41 and 41 at the 15th seed. Now they are the third worst team in the NBA. Now they're competing for the lottery, which kind of scares me. Because they already have who we're going to get into here soon. Christian Wood... Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., although I'm not exactly sure if they do own their pick this year because the OKC Thunder did take a lot of picks from them in the Russell Westbrook trade, but they did get some picks back. Not sure if they traded this upcoming pick, but I would believe they did. So I want to just see what they have going on for them. I want to see the picks. I'm going to go take a look here. Now, they do have some guys that can make a difference. They've got a guy, Christian Wood. So Christian Wood is 26. And now he's kind of like going off their timeline. He's 6'10", plays power forward slash center. He's turning 27 in September. They gave him that two-year contract. So I believe that he will be a free agent soon. I think it was a three-year contract. So he will be either restricted or unrestricted after next year, which then he'll be 20. I I assume if the Rockets don't ever trade him or don't re-sign him, that he'll be highly sought after, and he'll probably go in that free agency. But so far this season, he's averaged 17.6 PPG on 48.4% from the field, grabbing 10 boards a game, and interesting to me, 37.1% 37.1% from three, which goes under the radar for him. He's a very good player from three for a center. So I would just keep that in mind. He was being shopped around the deadline, I believe. And I heard some rumors that the Heat and the Raptors wanted him. I'm not so sure how true those rumors were because they're not sources like Wojer Shams. But if that is true and the Rockets really wanted to keep them, or maybe those teams didn't offer them enough. Maybe the Rockets really value him. I don't believe they do, but maybe they do. But the next player we're going to get into is Kevin Porter Jr., who is 21 years old, doesn't turn 22 until May. He plays point guard, shooting guard, and he has averaged 13.7 PPG, on almost 40% from three this season, 39.9% from three. So it's, or 39.9% of the field, my bad, 38% from three, which is still insane. But the field goal percentage definitely needs to go up for him. I definitely think he needs to work on that. But besides that, he does have a lot of potential. He was really great last year for the Rockets. And I really do think he could be on the come up eventually. I don't know if he'll ever be really good, but he could just be a really nice role player for a 
a good team because I do not think he's played well as a starter. But another guy we're going to talk about here is Jalen Green. Now, he's been really questionable. He just turned 20 not so long ago, earlier this February. He plays shooting guard, and he's a little undersized for shooting guard, maybe about right, six foot four. He's averaged 14.4 PPG on 38.2% from field and 30% three. Does nothing else. So that is extremely disappointing, especially because he essentially has the keys to the car. It's not like Kevin Porter Jr. has the keys to the car. It's not like, well, Christian Wood, even Christian Wood, yeah, he doesn't have the keys to the car either. Jalen Green could have taken that role. But no, he's he's been horrible this season. He hasn't done anything but just be really bad at shooting and other things. I mean, the only thing that he has been good at is dunking, and he is in the dunk contest. But besides that, I don't really think – I think that he could be a nice player in the NBA. He might develop into something. But for right now, he's looking like he could be a bust. I mean, it, it's looking like that. So I would just look out for how Jalen Green plays for the rest of the season and start next year. Because I don't know how good he's actually going to be. We shall see. But another guy we're going to go on to who really, really interests me. And they tr- they basically traded for because in the draft when he was on the Thunder is Alperin Sengun, who's the center for them. Uh, I don't know if he comes off the bench, but I believe he starts sometimes because they also have Christian Wood. But he is 19 years old and six foot ten and doesn't even turn 20 until July so he's really young he averages 8.6 PPG on 47.7 percent from the field and 4.6 boards with some nice defense but that's all in 19 minutes so if you gave him like another 11 minutes I think he could do a lot more and for a rookie center I think this is pretty decent this is pretty uh encouraging especially because he is this he was the 16th pick in the draft and as we all know Giannis was the 15th pick in his draft so considering where he went he could definitely be a great player in the NBA he has high potential Uh, I've seen him play he's he's really good I really want to see how this plays out for the Rockets in the future now another thing about the Rockets is that they made some deadline moves for they didn't make one around Eric Gordon, which we all thought would happen, but then all the rumors died down. There was nothing around the deadline about Eric Gordon. Everyone kind of forgot about that around the deadline. Now, what they did do is they did trade for Dennis Schroeder, who I'm not exactly sure if they waived, but I believe they yeah, they traded for Dennis Schroeder and I think they did something else. I'm not exactly sure. I don't think so. But they did trade for Schroeder, and I'm not sure if they waived him or not by now, but I think he is going to get waived if he hasn't yet. And besides that, they made no big deadline moves. We thought maybe Christian Wood would get traded. We thought maybe John Wall but to the Clippers, but the Clippers went after Norman Powell, which I honestly think would was better for them. And, you know, it's all right. I I really don't know what they're going to do with John Wall at this point. I mean, he's just kind of sitting there having his career be wasted, living it up wherever in Houston. And 
as we all know, John Wall was abolished. He's 31, doesn't even turn 32 until next September. And last time he played, let me just remind you, 20.6 PPG, 40% from the field, which is all right. Three, and he had seven assists per game. So he's better player than Russell Westbrook. And he he would make a big he would make an impact on a good team. I just I think he could be a third option, not a second or first, definitely not first on the championship team. It's just a matter of who would get him and how they would use him because I'm not exactly sure, but I do believe he still has one of the biggest contracts in the NBA. He he yeah, he makes 42 million a year, which is insane, which is probably why no one traded for him. And he is an unrestricted free agent in 2023. I think that's the summer after this summer, so it's going to be a little while. So I think he'll just be sitting until then, or maybe he'll just retire. I don't know. But the problem is I I don't know if they can buy him out. I'm not sure, exactly sure how that would work, but I don't think John Wall would really like to be bought out. So that's the problem. Now, we're going to move on to another team right here who's been, ooh, they have so many picks. You already know who I'm talking about. It is the OKC Thunder. Wow, they've got so many guys who are young and so many guys who could really be good and so many picks to get guys that could really be good. I mean, where do we even start here? with the OKC Thunder. So we're going to actually go and we're going to start with Lou Dort. And Lou Dort is essentially a really great guard. He's played small forward slash shooting guard, and he's 6'3". He's only 22, doesn't turn 23 until April. And he's, he's a great guard defensively. I mean, if you, got, if you watch this guy play, I would give him maybe a comparison to Matisse Thybulle with a little less size, but he's a great guard. And what he's averaging this season is 17.2 PPG. Uh, four, and yeah, he's averaging 17.2 PPG this season. And that's that's pretty nice for Lugans Dork, Dort. I mean, is it... We'll see what happens with him. I really want to see what happens for him. But essentially, he's played 25 games this season, 32 or 17.2 PPG. And yeah, about 40% from the field. So I really just want to see how his career goes, how it's going to go down. Because Lou Dort definitely has a lot of potential. Lou Dort has a crazy amount of potential. And it's not even funny. Like, Let me get back to the stats because I was reading it wrong before. Sorry. But essentially, he was averaging 17.2 PPG on about 40% from the field, yeah. And in 32 minutes with great defense. So I think he's definitely an up-and-coming player in this league. I don't think he'll ever be an exact star unless he gets traded, which I don't think will happen. But I don't know. Maybe he'll get traded. I don't think it'll ever happen. But he's definitely a great player for them. Now, another player... For the Thunder, that's really good. That was drafted this year is Josh Giddy. He's 19 years old, 
He's surprisingly six foot eight, and he plays point guard slash shooting guard. He doesn't even turn twenty until this upcoming October, which is insane. So he's one of the younger players, I think. And he's averaging twelve point three PPG, forty one point eight percent from the field. He he really does has a lot of triple doubles for a rookie and more than Luke getting close to Luka Doncic's record or he's already broken it not exactly sure but 7.7 rebounds per game 6.3 assists and last time he played at the Knicks he dropped 28 on 50% shooting 11 boards and 12 assists so he had a triple double I think that Josh Giddy's definitely going to be a great player in the NBA soon but the problem is that the Thunder have so much talent, it's really hard to be really good on the Thunder, especially when you're playing with the guy we're going to talk about now, which is Shea Gillius Alexander. Yes, also point guard slash shooting guard. He's six foot six, uh, big for his position if he plays point guard. But twenty two point, he has averaged twenty two point seven PPG on forty two point four percent from the field this season. Doesn't really do a whole lot much either aside from that, but he does something. But he's played 43 games, and he's injured currently and hasn't played uh, his last eight or so games or nine games. So he's 23 years old. He's 23. Doesn't turn 24 until July. He's still a crazy young talent. And the, the Thunder just really... I think they're definitely going to have to build around him. But the problem is that they have like so much talent, they don't really know what they're doing at this point, especially with all their picks. But they do have Shea locked up for five more years, so that is really great, and you're going to have Shea for a long time. But another guy we're going to get into is a guy who's in his second year in the NBA. He's 20 years old. He turns... He's turned 20 in last December, and essentially that is Alexia Poku-Sebechski. I'm not exactly sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I definitely am not. But he's seven foot tall, and he plays power forward slash small forward. And in his rookie year, he had 8.2 PPG and 34.1% of the field. The thing is, though, that he has a ton of potential, but this year he really hasn't shined. He's improved from the field and uh, a little bit in other areas if he were to play the same minutes if he did as he did last year. But he's averaged 5.3 PPG and 39.1% of the field. He definitely has a lot of potential. Then we go on to another guy by the name of Trey Mann. And essentially, Trey Mann, he, he's a baller. He's an absolute baller when he wants to be. He's 21 years old. He turned 21 this month, earlier this month. He's 6'5", plays shooting guard. And they, the Thunder have so many guards. It was kind of like the Kings before the Tyrese Halliburton trade when they got rid of Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. Now, essentially, the Thunder have this guy, and he's averaged 8.3 PPG on 37.7% of the field and 36.2% from three. Only on 19.7 minutes, though, because last game when Shea Gillis-Alexander was out, and I'm not sure if Lou Dort played, but he probably didn't by the looks of it because 
Trey Mann played 32 minutes, had 30 points, 9-16 from the field, 4-7 from three, which is really great. And that is that definitely shows that he has a ton of potential. But when you have, you know, Shea on your team, you have Josh Giddy on your team, already you're going to be on the bench. Then you have Lou Dort on your team. Now you're really just kind of saying to yourself, why am I here again? So what I'm thinking is that I don't think he's going to be on the Thunder for much longer. I definitely do think that he could be used in what I'm going to say here, a trade-up. Now here's what I'm going to say about the Thunder's roster after I get to Darius Baisley here. Now Darius Baisley is 21 years old. He's He turns 22 in June. He's 6'8". He was 23rd pick in the 2019 draft. And he's averaged 10 PPG on 40.3% from the field and seven boards, which is really good for him. And he's a power forward slash small forward. He has a ton of potential too, and he locks up on defense. That's a big reason why he plays so many minutes. And, yeah, the Thunder just really have a lot of defense on their team too, like Lou Dort and Darius Baisley. Their future, like all defensive teams probably – but here's what I'm going to say about the Thunder before I even get to their picks. The OKC Thunder, what I'm going to say here, the OKC Thunder have guys like Darius Baisley, Kenrich Williams, Trey Mann, Alexa, I'm not even going to pronounce it. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name right if you're listening to this. Probably not. Lugans Dort, and probably not Josh Giddy. But they have these guys. Why do they have these guys? And why do they have so many picks? They have these guys simply because they can just say pair Trey Mann and Darius Baisley and two like high round of picks because they don't have a great record. And they can pair those guys to move up to like the first pick. Or maybe they put Lugans Dora and Trey Mann together and Darius Baisley and those picks. Because you saw the Pelicans trade. That's pretty much what the Pelicans traded to get picks and some nice young players. They tri- Because they traded for Brandon Ingram. They traded for, uh, who was it? Josh, I mean, yeah, Josh Hart, Lonzo Ball, and some nice picks. That's exactly what this package would be. Lugan Stewart, Trey Mann, Darius Baisley, and some nice picks or some a high pick or something to move up to the first pick. That's a lot. Especially because if you look at their seed, they're the 14th seed in the West, 1839. They could get the first pick. And if they get the first pick, that is a little bit scary because I do believe they have some other picks this year. I'm going to go check that now. But if they have the first pick, that's... That's a serious problem. They have 38 picks over the next so many years. It's not even funny. I mean, wow. 19 first and 19 second round picks. Here we're going to look at the 2022 draft. They own three picks. Three first round picks and the second round pick. Second round pick, don't matter. The Pistons pick, they have the Pistons pick. Acquired with the 2021 number 16 pick. Now, I believe, 
the Pistons pick essentially is top 16 protected, and then it's top 18 protected, top 13, then top 11 in 2026, then top 9 in 2027 before it converted to a second-round pick. So that's not going to happen because we know the Pistons are horrible. But then you move on to the Chris Paul trade where you have the Suns pick, top 12 protected. They're not – they're like the best team in the NBA right now, so they're definitely getting that pick, which will probably be one of the last picks, if not the last pick, which is still a first-round pick, but eh. It, it could be used to move up. Then you got the Paul George trade, which is completely unprotected from the Clippers. Now, the Clippers are the ace seed at 29-31 in the play-in tournament. Now, if they get that pick, that's like the 16th pick or something. That's a pretty good pick. And then, not only that, but then you got, I believe... Oh, wait. They don't even have their own pick in this year's draft. So that's a problem for them. I think they traded it to another team. I'm not exactly sure, but they don't have their own pick, which is a problem, but they could try and still trade up with those guys to the first pick if they really wanted to. Now they still have tons of picks. I mean, let's look at 2023 here. They have their own pick. Then they've got the Clippers pick from the Paul George trade, Nuggets pick from the Steven Adams trade, the Wizards first round pick, and then multiple Wizards seconds, and Mavericks slash Heat second-round pick. I mean, it's not even fine. I'm not even going to read all these picks because it's outrageous. They have at least, like, four or five until the 2027 each year, which is just insane to even say or think about or even comprehend that they can even possibly have that many picks. But they do, and that's just what it is. Now, we're what we're going to talk about here is we're going to talk about another team, finally, which is going to be the Charlotte Hornets. Yes, why did I pick the Charlotte Hornets for this particular uh, episode of the podcast? Well, they are an up-and-coming team in the East. They're the ninth seed, 29-30 in the play, and they're going to be in the plan for this year probably. But they've got guys who can really develop. First of all, one of those guys is LaMelo Ball. He's 20 years old, six foot seven, plays point guard, shooting guard, mostly point guard. He's the third pick in 2020, and he doesn't even turn 21 until the 22nd of August this year. He's averaged 20.2 PPG on 42.5% from the field, 37.3% three, seven assists and seven rebounds. So that's a big improvement from last year. So he's definitely a big, big piece to this team. He is the center of this team, and he will be. And as he continues to develop into one of the superstars or stars of the NBA it's going to start to look scary, and everyone's going to start to recognize the Hornets. Now, I'm not a big fan of Michael Jordan being an NBA owner because I really don't think he's built for that, especially with his mentality and what his his mentality used to be or maybe even still is. And if you watch the games, they pan the camera to him a lot. He seems really upset. Uh, yeah, I, I'm interested to see if he'll ever sell the team because I really do think he might. But another guy on this team – that is interesting to me 
is Kelly Oubre Jr. Now, Kelly Oubre Jr. is 26. I think they have him on – they signed him in the offseason, and he's on a two-year contract and makes 12 million a year. Small forward shooting guard, six foot six, averaging 16.2%. I mean, 16.2 PPG on 43.7% from the field. So he's been really good this season for the Hornets. He's been a really nice addition. He can have some big games. And he showed that this season. And he likes to shoot from three a lot, but uh, he doesn't particularly shoot well, at least lately. But he definitely has maybe some potential left in him. I think this is how he's going to be for his career. But we shall see. Another guy, he is the essentially the second option or maybe even could become the first option over LaMelo Ball eventually, the way he's been playing this year. And that is Miles Bridges. He's six foot six, plays power forward slash small forward, which really surprises me that Miles Bridges is six foot six and he plays power forward. That's like Draymond Green. I did not think Miles Bridges was the same height as Draymond Green. I thought Draymond Green was way smaller than Miles Bridges, but you know, it is what it is. Now, essentially, Miles Bridges is averaging 19.9 PPG this season on 48.1% from the field, 7.1 boards. Now, he it's a massive improvement. He's playing 36 minutes this year. Last year he played 29.3. He's on track to play his most games since 2018. And he averaged 12.7 PPG on 50% last year. Now his three percent three point percentage went down by 10%, but I don't think that really matters because he's taken a lot more this year. He's 23, though, and doesn't turn 24 until this upcoming March. So he is about – this is about where – when Giannis is 24, 25, that's when he really started to kick kick it up a notch. And Miles Bridges really started to kick it up a notch this year. Like, it's similar to Giannis, interestingly to me, on how he did this year. And if he kicks it up a notch, I'm not saying he'll ever be Giannis or even close to Giannis, but if he can kick it up another notch, he'll be really, really good, and he'll make a massive difference on this team. But another guy we're going to go on to is Terry Rozier. Now, he goes under the radar a lot. He's not really a piece that's going to be great on this team, but he did average 19 PPG on 43% from the field. And he's 27, but we're not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about the young guys. And I wouldn't say this guy is extremely young, but he is 28. But he has been a great addition to this team. Montrez Harrell, 14.1 PPG, 64.5% from the field this season. Uh that's pretty that's crazy. Seven boards a game. And he's six foot seven. Plays power forward to center, mostly center. He's been a nice addition so far because his last game he had 12 points on 5 of 10 shooting. And then before that, I don't know if he was exactly playing on the Hornets at this time. Yes, he was. Yeah. 20 points, 7 to 8 from the field, 9 boards. That's a big difference for what they had for them going before, which was Mason Plumley, especially because they didn't trade that much. It was She Smith, the second, and this other guy who was pretty old. So I'm not sure why the Wizards did that, but, you know, it is what it is. Montrezl Hale on the Hornets, that's really good. And the Hornets have, I think they have most of their picks. 
uh, in the future. So the Hornets are definitely a team on the come up right now. But we're going to move to our last team here. And this is going to surprise you a little bit. Now, I do have to say about all these teams is that if you look at it like six or seven years ago, teams that are at the top of the league now were not at the top of the league now. Almost all of them. So the team, they were actually all at the bottom of the league mostly. So watch out on the teams at the bottom of the league. Now, I left the Pacers out on this list because they just did a trade and we still have to evaluate that a little bit. But the team we're going to be talking about now is the Detroit Pistons. Now, they sit in dead last in the league, worst team in the league, 15th seed, 12-45. They have a really, really, really good chance at getting the first pick in the draft. And if they do get the first pick in the draft, that will be a little bit scary to compare to kind of uh, give Cade Cunningham another guy because Cade Cunningham has averaged 15.6 PPG, 39.5% from the field, 32.3% from three. He had some triple doubles sometimes. His comparison in the draft was Luka Doncic, but he is 20 years old. Doesn't turn 21 until next September. He's six foot six and plays point guard slash shooting guard. As we all know, he was the first pick in the draft. And it was crazy when the Pistons got the first pick. Everyone was like, oh, the Pistons might be finally good. No, not yet. Not yet. But they def- if they do get the first pick in the draft, it will start to get scary because if that guy can even be like remotely good or have some really great potential and loves the game of basketball and can match up with Cade Cunningham nicely, ooh, that's that's really going to be scary. Even if they get the second or third pick or whatever, it's going to start to get scary. It's going to start to get scary over there in Detroit. And I'm not just talking about Cade Cunningham. No, I'm not just talking about Cade Cunningham. They have another guy that they could trade this offseason, I believe. Jeremy Grant. Yes, Jeremy Grant. Essentially, Jeremy Grant is 27. And he still has a year on his deal after this year with the Pistons. Six foot eight. He was picked in the second round, which is crazy. But he does average 18.8 PPG, 41.7%. I mean, 41% from the field. And he's a really good defender. And that's why a lot of championship teams have wanted him. But he was a lot better last year when he averaged 22.3 PPG on 42.9% of the field. I think he won most improved last year. And then went down a little bit this year after kind of sitting on the bench of a lot of teams and kind of come up uh, and started to really work on his game a lot. So if he, if the Pistons could trade him for, I don't know, maybe a good pick in the draft or some picks in, in the draft or something, maybe some lottery tickets, that would be great for them. I really don't think he's ever going to really do much for them. Besides just put up buckets for no reason. But Jeremy Grant, yeah, great player. He should be traded. Sadiq Bay. Now, Sadiq Bay is 22 years old. He turns 23 in April, so he's a little bit old for a second-year player. But he does average 15.9 PPG on 38.6% field, which is bad from the field. But he usually is a good three-point shooter, but... This year, he's averaged 34%. He was the 19th pick last year, or the year before this year's draft, or in 2020 draft. So he's six foot seven, 
I think he can maybe develop into a third option, maybe second option if he gets lucky. But he his last game he had 24 points. So if he could develop into something, great for the Pistons. But that's not really what they're banking on right now. What they're banking on is getting picks, building around Cade Cunningham, and they also recently traded for Marvin Bagley, which is a very big lottery ticket. He's 22, six foot ten. You know, first pick or second pick of the 2018 draft. Very, very controversial. The Kings could have been, oh, De'Aaron Fox and Luka Doncic. Oh, that's scary to think about. Or De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young. That's really scary to think about. Even DeAndre Ayton. It doesn't really matter. I'm not sure if it was development problem or what. But he's played one game for the Pistons where he had 10 points, 4 of 10, grabbed 8 boards in 21 minutes, which is really good. But he will see better days. And honestly, the Pistons are banking on lottery picks, lottery tickets. So all they have to do is get lottery tickets to try and see if that player could ever be good, just like they went and got Jeremy Grant, but he wasn't on their timeline. But they go bank on lottery tickets, they bank on picks, and they bank on Cade Cunningham becoming a future superstar of this league. Although they should start getting someone to kind of mentor Cade because I don't really think he knows his way around the league or anything. He looks kind of clueless when uh, when you really look at it. You, someone's got to teach him. Someone needs to be his mentor. But those are pretty much the teams. I did leave out that one. Who was it again? I did leave out the Pacers just because the trade happened recently. But those are the teams that we talked about today. Now, again, next episode will be probably a lot longer of an episode. It will be our longest episode. We'll start to have over an hour episodes. This one was close to an hour. But our next episode, we'll be talking about essentially everything going on in the NBA and every team and what's what's the what do the team's futures look like we won't be doing as many videos like this in the future probably none so enjoy our videos oh oh my goodness it's episodes of the podcast my bad so i hope you really enjoyed and i will see you on the next episode on the, of the podcast on friday